I'm Blaine Zimmerman from Circle City Vets, and on today's Veteran Cast, we have Scott and Ted Taylor from the Air Force and Navy, respectively, speaking transition and what they've been doing since they've been back in Indiana. The mission of Veteran Cast is to educate, inform, and improve the lives of veterans in our community. This is a podcast hosted and produced by veterans in order to serve our sisters and brothers. Welcome to the next episode of Veteran Cast. <laughs> we, For this episode. <laughs> yeah, we have a full house today. So today, uh, on top of Doug and I, we have Ted and Scott Taylor. Uh, Ted is a Navy vet. Scott was an Air Force pilot. And then we have Matt Hall from the mayor's office as well, who stops in from time to time for the free beer. Yeah. And uh, here, here. <laughs> so, uh, introduce Scott and Ted. You guys want to tell us a little bit about you know your service um, in your respective branches and uh, what you guys did there? Yeah, I uh, joined the uh, Navy March of '89. Um, came in straight to the uh, explosive ordnance disposal uh, community. So, uh, attended dive school right after uh, boot camp and then EOD school after that. Um, Pretty much uh, duty station, Southeast Asia, it's been about five years, uh, West Coast, East Coast. Um, I actually did two deployments uh, to Iraq and Afghanistan from, uh, I think it was 04 to 07. Uh, Retired of uh, 09, and then pretty much the transition for me because of kind of the marketability of my skill set, given the time frame was, I'm not gonna say seamless, but it kind of spoke for itself given uh, what I just said. So um, I actually retired out of DC uh, and just kind of rolled from uniform into the civilian sector uh, the next day. Um, It wasn't the right fit for me. So I actually wound up going down to Florida uh, as a contractor teaching the next generation of bomb techs. Um, There was uh, part of the networking involved. So again, that was uh, fairly easy as far as that's concerned. Um, I did that for about uh, four years till the contract expired and I uh, just kind of sat back and, and realized it was time to come home back home to Indy so moved back here about three years ago and, and uh, yeah so currently working retail and, and uh, just kind of uh, taking it day by day. I've got a question for you. I feel like uh, as a infantryman, yes, uh, I have to ask the question that we all want to know. Absolutely. What takes you guys so long? <laughs> <laughs> Every single time I think I've ever called EOD, we uh, just sit there for three hours. Second. If you are EOD, do you really want to show up in our? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're like, yeah, when we finish our pool game, we'll get around to you know, it. You know, the problem was we were always trying to wait for approval from the Army side to go. So, <laughs> <Okay>. I, so, <laughs> so there was a lot of delay there but yeah we were uh, we were ready to go right at this instant and just for clarification was that army eod or navy eod uh i'm i'm <laughs> guessing it's probably army but navy service yeah yeah eod I, i'm matt can probably back me up on this like anytime you call you know you you got a while you might as well bust out the cards you're gonna be sitting there for a while you mean you're not just supposed to shoot at the thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i don't think so whatever i think takes, that's frowned upon <laughs> so scott uh your time in the air force Pilot, that sounds fancy. Well, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> what'd you fly? Uh, I flew F-15s, a Strike Eagle, so two-seater, multi-role version of the F-15. Uh, it had been around for many years, but it was reconfigured 
substantially uh, to be able to carry the bombs and the gas that they needed. But it retained all its air-to-air -air capability. So um, I actually went in right after Ted in the Navy. I went through the Air Force Academy right after high school, um, spent four years there, and then luckily got picked up for pilot training because they took all the slots almost. Um, and then spent a year or so in pilot training, actually got uh, an F-15 out of pilot training. So it was a, kind of the doldrums during the mid-90s. Uh, very lucky to get a uh, fighter out of that. And then uh, after F-15 school, went to England for four years. Spent uh, time in the NATO area uh, with a lot of different missions. We had all the Iraq stuff, no-fly zone, Northwest, Southwest Asia stuff. And, um, and then we also did the Balkan War, so uh, Serbia, uh, the Kosovo conflict. Uh, came back from that to teach at the F-15 school in North Carolina, right near Bragg, uh, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. North Carolina seems to have a lot, <laughs> a lot of different military <laughs> places. Yeah, it does. They got good uh, legislative folks <laughs> yeah. there. But, um, and then my wife, I met my wife there, actually, and she was flying F-15s as well. Oh, wow. There's a whole family of pilots. Uh, that's right. And her brother uh, was an F-22 pilot, and her dad actually flew Vietnam F-105s and wow. F-16s. Yeah. So we got married. She was on her way to England. Uh, I was in North Carolina, so we spent two years apart from each other. And then she got picked up to teach at the F-15 school. So we taught together there for a couple of years and then trying to figure out how to start a family and that condition was, was difficult. So uh, FedEx was hiring <laughs> and uh, I never thought I'd do that, but, uh, but it was the right time and the, a good opportunity. So I transitioned out, a year later she transitioned out and then we decided to move back to Indianapolis. So, How similar is flight school to Top Gun? <laughs> oh, it's exactly the same. Thank you. I was going to ask you to buzz the tower. I was waiting buzz, for that. That's, that's, that's part of our entry into the oh, okay. yeah. A lot of beach volleyball. Yeah, all that. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, before we get into transition a little bit, I, I do want to ask you a question. I didn't realize that um, you and your spouse were both dual military and that you lived in separate bases. I know that I had some friends that dealt with that. That's something that kind of gets glossed over a lot. When you hear about um, you know, military families, you always hear about you know, the, the one spouse is in the military and, you know, they might be deployed or something like that, but you never really hear about those struggles because it's not, it's fairly rare. Um, but what, how was that for you guys to newlyweds to being across the country and dealing with, you know, you, you kind of have the same shared experience, but you don't get to have that, you know, honeymoon phase of your marriage. Yeah. Um, well, the MPs, when I showed up to Enderlik, Turkey, at the Air Force Base, Ford Deployed Air Force Base, to visit my wife, it was the first time they'd ever had anybody on vacation that came to that base, <laughs> uh, just to see somebody. Uh, she was flying combat missions in northern Iraq, and I was obviously active duty. Um, so we just got a calendar together and figured six weeks was the max we wanted to go, and we had training deployments. She had to come back, you know, for different things to the States, for a red flag at Nellis Air Force Base and stuff like that. And so... Certainly a lot of challenges. Commanders didn't really know what to do all the time, you know, whether we could fly at the same time, all right. we could fly in the same airspace. You know, we were teaching the same students. We had to coordinate some of that. So, so unique. Um, you know, the, the U.S. military is such a big uh, force that it's hard for them to look at special cases and try to figure out how they can accommodate. But Australia has a great program where they give uh, options to one spouse to be the primary career, and then the other spouse they guarantee will they'll 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 re-educate to a different career field if they have to, to keep them together. But for us, we just, you know, there were just some limitations that were very difficult to overcome. So 
Yeah. But we served our commitment at Plus Sum and just, you know, we just felt it was the right time for us. But yeah. Wasn't it like World War II where the three brothers died on the same ship? Oh, yeah. Uh, that kind of kicked off. Isn't that Saving uh, Private Ryan? <laughs> isn't is that know, not it? Well, I didn't. What, was that a real movie or a fiction? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> true. No, it's real. Yeah. Uh, and it came, oh, it there was a rule then after that okay. that, that yeah. brothers or siblings couldn't be in the same right. uh, combat zone, I theater, think. I think. Was, yeah. yeah, I know. I know when or you're they, filling. They, had, they were allowed to volunteer to go. Yeah. But they when didn't have to. When you're yeah. filling forms out, you have to state whether you're the last surviving member of, like, male heir of your family yeah. or something like that. I remember that that question being on there and always thinking that was a Saving Private Ryan question. Huh. But So you guys had <clears throat> pretty different transition experiences, and I know that, you know, we talk, we're going to talk here in a minute about you guys ended up going and doing your VA benefits together, but... Um, as much as you know, you want to talk about like what was your transition like? I mean, it sounds like you bounced around a little bit, did some contracting work. You were able to to go right into FedEx. Like, how did you guys kind of lean on each other? What what were those transitions like? Yeah, for me, um, well, the irony is I actually uh, tried to get out uh, or separate rather uh, in two thousand. Um, you know, my goal was to get out. I was a single parent at the time, so uh, I had gone through eight months of the police academy here. Um, and Navy, it, Navy guys are awesome. Aren't we the, I'll tell you. <laughs> single dad Doug was a single dad. Too, yeah. So uh, it, it was a done deal, and uh, um, everything was all set up. You know, I had the household, the whole nine yards. Um, about five days before I was actually set to move, 9-11 happened. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. So 24 hours after that event, of course, the stop loss occurred. So uh, I basically wound up doing another three years where I was stationed. Um, at that point, I was 13 years. I'm like, I might as well write it out and do the full 20. Yeah. Um, so as far as the transition itself, I th- you know, I think each service obviously has their own respective transition courses. Of course, on the Navy side, it's, it's the TAP side, um, which I, I thought was, you know, informative. I mean, you know, there, obviously there's some pros and cons to it. But uh, as far as the transition itself, uh, for me and my decision to move down to Florida to basically teach the next generation bomb techs as a civilian, I think in a sense was also my attempt to kind of hold on to that camaraderie that we have in the military. Um, so it's kind of the best of both worlds for me. I was on the civilian side, but I was still in that community. Um, and when the contract expired there, I think moving back up here and kind of getting into the civilian side of things, i.e. the corporations, et cetera, uh, that, that's been a challenge because it's just a whole different world, you know, yeah. the work ethic, the, you know, the mannerisms, the mentale. So, um, it hasn't been a struggle per se, but sometimes it just causes me to sit back and say, okay, you know, I gotta basically adapt like we always do. But for the most part, the transition itself was, was I thought, uh, you know, just, just could, I don't think could have, could have gone any better. Um, specific to my deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, as Scott can attest to, um, you know, you, you, there's some struggles, you know, the whole PTSD, the whole, you know, so I, I it was, it was a culmination of the single parent, uh, coming back from Iraq, coming back from Afghanistan, and having to rely on not just family, but friends uh, as far as support. Um, and, and, you know, you bring back some baggage. So, uh, but you just, you just kind of work through it. And, and uh, the, the family was just phenomenal as far as being supportive. And of course, going to the VA and talking to them about the issues. So, um, you know, you, you kind of peaks and valleys. Were you, were you uh, had you gone to the VA in Florida? 
Yeah, I did not. Well? No. Okay. No. So you were just in India. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, that's I, what I'm curious about because we've heard horror stories from other states, but actually really great. And in prior episodes, in, I, in you know, and you're absolutely right. You go into the one here in Indy and, and, and you have that mindset. Okay, okay here we go. I'll tell you, 180 as far as the treatment, the service, um, the, the, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and and they got us in, they got us registered, set up appointments. Hey, let's get let's get you here, let's get you here, let's get you the help we need. And as a matter of fact, Scott came uh, to the office or one of the offices I was sitting in and says, "Did you want some coffee?" There's a coffee cart, a guy pushing a coffee cart. I'm like, what, <laughs> what kind of service is that? Yeah. I'm like, what? it's almost like being at the Hilton. You know? Yeah. So it's the Air Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> he called in a favor. Was, they, knew, they knew an Air Force. It was, yeah. the, it was the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were just invited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I went from retirement uh, in 09 to, you know, again, moving up here. And, and so it was really my first introduction into the VA system. Um, I did uh, and have and, and currently do use part of the GI Bill as far as continuing my education. But so, so I have used some of the, the, you know, assets that are involved specific to the VA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's 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 great. So, you guys went through the VA process here in Indiana together, is that right? No. Yeah, yeah. We, um, <clears throat> you know, I had never considered. I didn't even understand what the VA could bring, and I mean, it was the, this all oh, the whole deal. And I know yeah. Matt's sitting over there shaking his head as a yeah. veteran services officer. You know, of course, now that you're on the other side of that, you can kind of see what what they have to offer and it's incredible and you kind of shake your head and go no one should hesitate from going in and at least just registering and so let me give you some tidbits you know we walk in we had an appointment the we didn't have to wait probably more than 15 20 minutes you go into a fairly secluded room so that you know there aren't a lot of people there the person behind the desk has a computer they log you in they get you know they have access to most of your information already because of just the systems are connected and, uh, you know, they ask you things that if you wanted to file a claim there, uh, they do the paperwork. And, I mean, you know, literally within an hour, we actually saw a physician, you know, for, and they have a OEF, OIF uh, express lane type of thing where you can bypass some of the other things as long as you're within a certain amount of time from leaving the service. So for me, I'd actually exceeded all that. And I think Teddy was close, but... Um, but anyway, they were very helpful and that type of thing. So that's one thing I wanted to get across today was just, at least in Indianapolis, you know, the VA is, is really helpful. And even if you're a veteran that's been out 10 years or, or two months, you know, they have, uh, it's an opportunity for you to engage that system for your benefit. So. Yeah, what, what, what motivated both of you guys to do that? Was it, was it during TAPS? <clears throat> Your, or no, you know, for yeah. me, it was, you know, of course, you have the retirement physical. So, yeah. you know, they, they do all they do as far as before you, you actually separate. So for me, you know, I had not done something like that. So it was more so the time frame as far as, hey, I need to figure out where I'm at right now, not just physically, but mentally. Okay. And and it's just both directions. Yeah. You know, they, they take care of you on the physical side. You know, we, we, we got in as far as, you know, help on the, the, the mental side yeah. specific to my issues. and. So, so it was just kind of one of those, I think we had a mutual understanding as far as, you know, we need to do this. And, and we just took the steps to take care of it, and, and it just worked out extremely well. How far, how far you know, from when you retired to, to getting into the Oh, VA? man, 09. I would say six years. Six, seven years. Oh, wow. Six, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So you guys waited a while. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just like being a male. I mean, you don't ever want to go to the doctor, but, right. you know, after a six, seven-year period. Why'd you look at me when you said that? I, I just, <laughs> did I? <laughs> 
I tried to glance away. I'm sorry you caught that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just kind of that time to to you know get uh, get checked out, and it worked out really well. Thanks. And when I went into the military, Teddy had already been in for a while, and and I remember he gave me a Bible that that he had said, "Look, man, the the man upstairs has helped me out quite a lot, and I hope that this will help you." And and so, you know, fast forward now, whatever, 15 years after that occurrence, you know, Ted was in a position that needed, that we couldn't offer, you know, we, so I knew the VA had the facilities and had the physicians and had the, the resources to be able to assist. And so I said, I'll go in with you. So that's, that's really what we nice. did. Yeah. And, you know, something else too is um, with regards to the, the TRICARE within the military side, um, as far as coverage for dependents, et cetera. Um, again, it was it was not necessarily my ignorance. It's just something I didn't know that you know. I was thinking, okay, once my daughter hits a certain age, then she's got to dive in this whole you know Obamacare debacle, et cetera. Um, come to find out, they have the Tricare Young Adult Program, which takes them to 26. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's 24. She's under the uh, you know the coverage of, of Tricare at least for another year or two. I mean, and that gives me peace of mind because again, that's just a phenomenal insurance that, uh, that yeah. obviously, you know, the civilian side doesn't have access to per se. Yeah. TRICARE is kind of an unsung hero. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I would say 85% of the reason why I'm still in the guard because I have three kids and a wife. And I mean, I pay $200 a month that's for insurance. It. Like yeah, I, know. I yeah. can't beat that. Like yeah. every year when open enrollment comes around, the HR guy comes around and he's like, yeah. you have to go to this meeting. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enjoy how much you pay in your premiums. Um, so, yeah, so you talk a little bit about the PTSD. And, you know, Doug and I were talking about this a little bit last week, especially after we talked to Corey and stuff, and right. how that kind of manifests itself differently in different people. Um, I shared with Doug, like, I have a lot of friends that, especially when we were in Afghanistan, that hit them really hard. And I've seen the other side of it, too, where people – you know, for lack of a better term, claim that it hit him really hard. But you, when you've seen the real signs, you know when somebody's faking it. Um, and for me personally, like, if, oddly enough, like, my the weird thing for me is, like, I'm really not great at riding in a car if I'm not driving sure. in it. I don't know why. That's, like, the one thing that of everything. Like, I've never really had, you know, they always ask you, like, do you have nightmares? Do you have blah, 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 blah. Like, the only thing for me, and I probably because I was in, like, three rollovers, it's probably it's my only like guess, um, but like if Probably. I'm yeah, <laughs> if, I, if I'm sitting in a passenger seat in a car, I'm like ah, let's how about I drive? Like it's it's just it's a weird thing for me, um, and it's not something even as something that small, it's not something I talk about very often, and it's just you know it's like you said earlier, we don't like to go to the doctor, we don't really talk about how we feel. Right. Um, what kind of if you're willing to say what kind of made you say okay, I need to go. Uh, you know, get checked out, get help, whatever, however you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I, um, it, it was just a series of events. As I'd done my diplomas in Iraq, I came back, and, you know, the, the unit I was with says, okay, you're off the books for a year. You know, I'm like, okay, well, fine. Of course, I, you know, had my daughter. She was living in Florida at the time, so she moved up because I was in the D.C. area. And it, it wasn't a week or two after she had moved up. They called me in the office and says, yeah, we need you to go back. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So I said, well, can I at least go to Afghanistan for a little change of scenery? And they're like, yeah, we can do that for you. I'm like, well, you guys are sweethearts. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so for two years, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, away from my daughter and, and doing what we do, seeing what we see, you know. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I, I went the self-medication route. 
uh, hit alcohol pretty hard. Um, and that, that, that was it for a while. Uh, and, and that was just my, my answer to things. And, and I really, I think ultimately you just reach a point where it's like, this is just not the road, you know, Scott was there. My other brother was there. Family was there. And, but more importantly, it was, it was my daughter seeing what she was seeing, you know, and, and when that, if that's not a reality check, then, then, yeah. you know, forget it. So it was just really a culmination of things as far as, okay, I, I just need to better myself. And, and uh, Scott and I had actually talked about it and kind of go into your prior episode. Um, I'd always wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail. Um, and uh, when I moved up here from Florida, the opportunity arose to where I couldn't do a through hike, obviously, but, but I was able to get a couple hundred miles in. And uh, there, were, there were some drop on my knees times, you know, and, and, and you, you just kind of go to the man upstairs and you just kind of let it all out alone and, and you know, on the trail. And, and that, was, that was a pretty amazing experience. So, so I think it's just, you know, it's a culmination of things as far as you kind of do a reality check and say, I, I can't, if I go down this road, I'm going to be another one of those statistics. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So here we are. So you went through, you said a couple hundred miles of the Appalachian Sure trail. did. Yeah. Started at Springer Six Mountain and, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Made it to, uh, just shy of the uh, Smoky Mountains, Fontana Dam. So um, you, I was his Intel and his air. He sure trailer. was. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're flying the FedEx. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm anti-technology. I just, I can't stand it, but he gives me this GPS locator. tells, you know, it's an SOS beacon. Yeah. We can oh, okay. text message yeah. him and I'd say, man, there's, there's a front coming through <laughs> hunker down. <laughs> yeah, he did. And I'm on the great. highest peak as far as yeah. down. I got, I got lightning and thunder cracking. I'm like, Oh, this is great. And we had bread you, trails you couldn't have told me an hour ago. Yeah. Red bread trails, you know, so oh, we, yeah. we, we had the system so we could, you know, I had the kids and we'd look at the computer to see where he was. And, oh, nice. You know, so yeah. But the first through hiker was a world war two vet and uh, he did it for PTSD and, and, uh, you know, of course, a lot of people don't have opportunities to do that, but um, it was a note. Well, it, it, you know, as far as cost, it was there, but um, it was just it was just one of the better things I could have done. Is that something that you want to it's, try it's to go, go back? It's, oh, it's going to be a life journey. You know, I know exactly where where to go, and you know, when the opportunity arises, then heck yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going back for a couple of weeks. And I, just, I had a guy from uh, that I was friends with out in Virginia Beach, and he hiked it, and he said, "Sure, it totally restored his." like sense of humanity like, absolutely because people yeah. are helping each other oh it's amazing you're support, alone yeah but at the same time you yeah. keep hitting these I mean, people it'd be sleeping yeah. in the same absolutely you know, cover with i mean them. you know it'd be three or four days uh, you know until i came across another soul and yeah. i loved every second of it and, and it's like wow. you know everybody would ask well when are you going to stop it's like when i'm ready to stop you know yeah. where are you going to stay so I'll, I'll know when i see it you know one day it's next to a stream the next day it's on top of a mountain i mean it's just a really it, it is absolutely yeah. you know humanity and just caring and hey you know especially coming off the trail going into the town or something you get rides and people are just more than it's it's That's it's awesome. america man i'm telling you yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's just great do you think you'll ever try to do the full hike is that on the bucket you know, list yeah they, they estimate anywhere from five to six months so there's a, there's a time yeah there's yeah. a time frame and and uh you know now that my daughter's has recently graduated college that 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 Put some more money in my pocket. Hey, books, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. My college graduate in there. Yeah, okay. I had to yell at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's on the bucket list, you know, just to at least make it all the way at some point. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, Scott, you know, from a sibling, a family member perspective, you know, what type of advice can you give people um, as far as support, um, things like that? You know, with any. Uh, issue or whatever it, it has a lot to do with uh, the boundaries you set for yourself so 
I mean, this sounds funny, but my wife and I, early in our relationship, we just said if we ever start cussing, we knew we were too mad at each other. And so that was one of our boundaries, you know. And so if you have these things in your life, and unfortunately, social drinking, there's this fine line between when it's be social and when it's antisocial and a problem, you know. But, um, but, but that certainly was a sign to us. Um, and, you know, you're, you're as brothers in arms, which I'll, I'll tell you, we didn't get along much growing mm-hmm. up. But uh, <laughs> after we got in the military, <laughs> there, was a, there was a sense of brotherhood that was yeah. much stronger. And um, our dad was a cop here in Indianapolis, and, and we grew up in a fairly disciplined home. But, but, uh, but just knowing him and seeing where he was, I mean, he's had a, you know, these, we called them uh, low-density, uh, high-demand career fields like EOD where, you know, they just, I mean, I, we watched it happen, you know, where they shipped him out and we would come back. I mean, maybe it's the Air Force, but we'd had this train of 30 professionals, you know, legal, mental health, family services, you know, the physician and, you know, how, how was your, how was your tour, sir? You know, and can we, how can we help you and your family? And, you know, for him, he'd get back and, you know, people would be like, uh, you, yeah, no, where, yeah, where you been? Man? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, welcome back, take a couple of days off, and then put a leech in. It's like, well, okay, you know, where, where's my support compared to what? Yeah, Scott had on the Air Force side. Uh, so, so, so as I watched him, you know, go through those deployments and kind of see how it was chipping away at, you know, at him a little bit. It just, uh, and there, there were a couple of things that it came to a head, and it was just time to kind of say, look, let's go do this together. You know, so. So the signs are there. I mean, it just you just have to pay attention. And whether it's somebody that has depression or I mean, there's all kinds of different things. Looking back on it, you can always go, oh, yeah, man, that, that was obvious. Why didn't I do something? Well, it's probably because we don't reflect on life enough. You know, we don't take time to kind of look back at ourselves or others that we're around and, and really make a true assessment about how are we doing, you know, physically, mentally, socially, those types of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it- using that analogy i mean it's an analogy i've heard a lot and this is a stretch i'll preface this by saying this it's a stretch it's an analogy so i grew up running um and it's an analogy you've heard a lot with the early mid-2000s with the steroid stuff or the epo stuff that when it was happening everybody was like oh my gosh everybody's so fast and now we look at back on it and we're like of course those people were on steroids how did we not see that you know what i mean and it's the same as much of a stretch as that is as of a comparison same concept um you know in the moment it's really hard to kind of take a step away and be like wait hold on a second like this isn't the, what we need to be doing in this moment. And one, one real important thing for me, at least, uh, was that he had to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was, I wanted it. I prayed for him. I, you know, I, I wanted it badly, but I, but you do that unless, unless he's invested in that, you know, and, and it was fun to watch him do the Appalachian Trail. It was fun to watch him emerge from, you know, he, he, uh, was taking classes and riding his bike on the Monon Trail. I mean, all the different things that Indianapolis has to offer. I mean, he was, taking advantage of IUPUI, his GI Bill, riding the Monon Trail, you know, his physical fitness and everything else was, I mean, it was just, it was just wonderful to, to watch that transition and, and to see where he is now. He's in total control. He can do whatever he wants, you know, he, and now that his daughter's out of college, you know, financially, he's, yeah. he's he can do a lot more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. do a lot more. So, so it's been great, you know, and, and, uh, but I, you know, I, and I just want to add, you know, I mean, it's it's very common uh, for folks, for all of us, you know. Thank you for your service. I mean, that's just it's become this mantra, so to speak. But so, you know, I want to say in return is, you know, especially this forum is thank you. You know, I mean, without family, without friends, without the community, you know, and and especially being welcomed back from from you know deployments, or whatever. It's just to know that 
A, we are appreciated, even though we do, it's a thankless job that we do. Um, it's just what they do for us, yeah. you know, across the board is just absolutely phenomenal. So, so kudos to them. Is there any words of wisdom or advice that, that if anybody's listening that might be going in the, in the same path that you were on um, before you went to the VA or did your hike, anything that you want to be able to say and hope that they hear? Yeah, you know, the statistics, unfortunately, are, are not where they should be, specific to vet suicides, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, they, they need to self-identify. Um, and as Scott had alluded to, it, it has to be them. You know, I mean, it, and, and don't reach that breaking point or don't reach that bottom to where I reached, to where it's like, but, but in a sense, you know, it's, it, that was the turning point for me. It's like, I can't do this, you know, and, and I know everybody doesn't have the family support that I have, or I know they don't have the friend support that I have. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of the time it's like, well, let's go get a beer and talk about it. It's like, well, alcohol's not going to help the situation. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. aren't you listening to me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I just, I think it's look in the mirror, you know, and, and, and look at yourself and do, do your own little self-assessment and say, you know what, I'm better than this. We all know we are. Yeah. Um, so let's do something about it. Can I ask a question? So what do you do now? Uh, I actually work at uh, Lowe's. Well, I mean, so what to for the, you did the Appalachian Trail. Sure did. Yeah. You know, you, you had there was a coping mechanism there to, to to give you some some time to recharge. Right. Is there anything that you do on a daily basis different now to kind of <sighs> empty your head of that stuff and recharge your? Batteries? You know, it's it's the simplicity of the things that I do that that actually keeps me in focus and keeps me in check. Um, I still struggle somewhat with with alone time as far as you know what goes on upstairs mentally, but. You know, Scott talked about it's, it's exercise, which which I think we can attest to. You know, and and uh, you looked at me. I, I, know, I, <laughs> I did. I did. I said exercise. Um, but you know, for me, it's just enjoyment of whether it's cooking, whether it's reading, whether yeah. it's you know, quite frankly, I mean, it's you know, little hobbies like cross stitching or or it's it's the simplistic things that I can focus on mentally, gardening or just just little things like that that just allow me to to kind of be centric as far as, as my thoughts and, and, you know, stay away from bad influences, you know, and, and not go down those roads. And, and, uh, but, but that's kind of how, how I cope with things as, as best I can just get away from the bad and, and just focus on the things that make you happy. You know? It's, it's amazing that the, the smallest little absolute things, and it's all different. It's, yeah. it's almost like you got to try a million things to find one or two that, that yeah. work for sure, you. Sure, sure. You know, like I, I meditate. That's I got I got into transcendental meditation a while back. So I do TM in the morning, and then I, I like to cook. You know, yeah. I, I I do some cooking and and try new things and that. But like uh, I know other people have done art therapy and journaling and other things. Not, songwriting, um, poetry, you know, that kind of—it it just never stuck right. with me. But those, right. so I, I had to go through all of those things, kind of like I, I'm guessing you did. Yeah, well, to, yeah, 100%. To, to figure yeah. out what, yeah, what, and, what and works. you know, quite frankly, you know, I, I think to this day I'm still kind of okay. What is it that I exactly want to do, and, and what is it that's going to give me that 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 total peace? Not that it can ever be achieved, right? Uh, but it's you know, it's it's definitely a move in the positive direction, and kind of going back to, you, you got to take that first step. You know, and, and well, there's got to be something that breaks it, right? There's got to be something that, you know, your your mind works in a certain way and gets used to working a certain way, you know, no matter what that is. And so getting that diversion and mm -hmm. figuring out a new way of doing things takes, takes repetition and time and focus and everything else because your body 
wants to react the same way that it always did. Right. You, know, you right. want to go back to what you always did. I, I, you know, which brings up a, 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 you know, kind of outside question. So from a, one of the things that I really want to achieve with veteran cast too is there's a stigma, of course, with people with PTSD and a stigma from employers and, and, and everything else. Can we change that to PTS? Yeah, sure. Because hmm. there's, there's a movement to get the D, to take the disorder. I almost said it. To take the disorder. <laughs> no, that's good. That, we don't want saying. the D. Yeah. yeah that's, I think that's a good, and that's exactly what we should do, right? You know, I mean, because, because I, I think that there's a real problem right now where, um, one, people talk about it insensitively. We were talking about that the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. You know, that uh, you're one of those PTS, you know, guys or whatever, you know, and then two, there's the, there's the reverse in that. How do you, how do you broach the topic, you know, professionally with people? And then maybe the third is you're an employer. Don't worry about someone with PTS. You know, they have, it's not like a special needs from a disability standpoint, but it is something that you should be aware of that if, someone needs to go get treatment or go get help or whatever that you have the freedom, you know, to do that. But this isn't something that's, you know, I, I really hate the, the stigma of it. You know, every time we have a, a, a you know, something violent happens in society, the first thing is, was he in the military? Did he have PTS? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. like, come on, stop mm-hmm. it already. We have, uh, you know, how many millions of, you know, of veterans walking around that have, real issues you know that 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 weren't taken care of properly or they're self-medicating or they're they're not getting treatment for and you know what they're they're only hurting themselves every single day they're not hurting other people and so you know one of the things and I you know whoever wants to answer is what do employers need to know and what do people that aren't familiar with PTS how do they broach the topic how do they, you know, what's the right way? What's the sensitive way? What's the appropriate way, you know, to, to, to talk about this and to make sure that one, if, if I hire a, you know, a vet with PTS, what should I be doing, you know, to, to fully ensure their health and happiness and, you know, and everything else? What are those types of things that we can get across to people here? Well, uh, I know it's a heavy topic. Well, but. along that line, and, and, and I, I'll, I'll answer it, but in an abstract way. Good. So, so I, I'm working with the YMCA now. And the YMCA of Greater Indianapolis has 12 facilities in central Indiana. They're all linked. In fact, uh, veterans get a 20% discount on their membership. That just happened this last year. Fantastic. Um, the new facility that they're opening up on 53rd and Lafayette Road, so it's in Pike Township, it will actually house the VA Medical Center. So. So this, it'll be open in December of 2018. It's a, I'm gonna get this wrong, probably 60,000 square foot facility. 5,000 square feet of that will be staffed by the Rudabush VA Medical Center. So the veterans will be able to get their therapies done, whether it's aqua therapy, you know, uh, what Matt was talking about, the, the various other, I don't wanna call them experimental therapies, but just the alternative therapies. Yeah. Yeah, so they've they've I mean they've gone to great extents to try to figure out how to heal and serve the veteran so their families can actually be in there. So instead of a hospital setting, you know, they can be kicking in the pool with their kids yeah. doing their therapies and, 
And the reason I bring that up is because they have invested a lot of resources in surveys and, and uh, committees and things like that for the last couple of years that I've been a part of to try to figure that out. How do we take a veteran that's transitioning, give them their therapies while educating the employers, if right. you will, and the and civilian societies, uh, you know, the society in general, to be able to interact with a veteran and, and what better way than to have a community leader like the YMCA um, that is a, 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 an anchor in that community. Because, you know, veterans don't always, we've talked about it, they don't always want to be the victim that's being, exactly. being like, like highlighted. So, so why not bring veterans in to lead a class or a meditation or, um, you know, especially with kids with disabilities, you know, can you imagine a, a veteran that gets up and, and is leading a basketball um, game or team of, of kids that have disabilities as well. So, so there's room for veterans to serve in leadership positions and instructors and that type of thing while all working on physical fitness, which is kind of what the YMCA stands for. And they started serving military in World War One anyway. So that's kind of, it started in England, but they quickly adapted and, and helped veterans that were serving in World War One overseas. And so the YMCA is a, has a, a century long history of helping veterans do that very thing. So, so to answer your question, I think it is interacting with, with veterans because I don't even think they have to disclose no, what right, they're doing. No, so, right. so to be honest with you, I don't know if, if that conversation would even happen where a vet, you know, where an employer would go, well, I don't know how to deal with you and shame on them if they, they label, you know, and have that fear of veterans because of some sure. possibility of something happening. But, Ted but, can but probably, there's a lot of ignorance out there. I mean, without they're, a doubt. There just is. Yeah. You know, but, but Ted has found a, an incredible niche and, you know, he is one of the hardest workers. He shows up on time. Yeah. You know, he, he is a leader there, you know. Well, and that's why we have to change the perception, right? Without yeah. a doubt. That's, that's, that's exactly what I mean is that, is that, uh, you know, I'm of course biased as a veteran, right? But we're the best employees. Without a period. doubt. Period. Yeah. You know, and, and, and our our most dysfunctional part of our community is still a step ahead of most, <laughs> you know, most other people. I'm going to say it, you know, and so, and so that's the thing is like, I feel like, you know, for some reason we get, we get pushed to the, the very bottom, like we're the worst of the worst, you know, in this situation when no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. High functioning, discipline, show up on time, attention to detail, you know, uh, you know, process oriented, you know, all of these things that make a great employee are sitting, you know, right in front of you when you have a veteran there. Yeah, which is interesting for the state perspective. And Matt probably could talk about this a little bit. But, you know, in essence, you're taking citizens that are young adults, putting them through a, an incredible intensive training program, giving them things like cultural competence and tech, um, you know, competence, um, you know, a skill set, leadership, teamwork, self-discipline, yeah. all those things. And guess what? They're coming back as citizens. And so I know, you know, with the InVets and Circle City Vets, these initiatives are, are taking advantage of, hey, veterans, 200,000 coming out of the military every year. Indiana's ready for you to come back here. And this, you know, Blaine and I have worked on the Circle City Vets and Matt, um, and I, I just met with Wes Wood that you guys had on earlier, yeah. you know, and and this is the opportunity for those employers in central Indiana to bring those citizens back that have been trained in an in a amazing way and, and have, like what you're talking about, the discipline to be a good employee. And not only that, but but bring a value to the company that, that yeah. you can't get anywhere else. I mean, the, the international uh, travel that you do and the, the world perspective and yeah. 
you know, all the things that you talked about. So, um, so anyway, I, I know Governor Holcomb with the new uh, next level jobs and next level veterans. I, I think that's the right way to go for our city and our, for our state. And I think that will take advantage of those veterans that are coming back to fill those positions that, yep. that are available. So, yeah, that's great. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I was wondering how we were going to transition to that. I've been racking my brain. <laughs> like <clears throat> we got to talk about the why this is really important. I want to make sure that we see this through all the way to the end of the path. And then I'm going to have to figure out how to ask a question to bring up the why. So awesome. Great job. guys. Um, we totally did that. And so, the, and so the YMC, just for everybody yeah. to be clear, it's not when this place opens. It's right now. Right now. Right now, you can use your regular driver's license with a VA on it. Or yeah. And actually, I think they're doing it just by honesty. You know? Yeah. But yeah, there, there are several methods that they're using to be able to verify the service. Um, real quick, are they all reciprocal? Yeah. So you can go to any one of the 12, and they're going to, I think, build a couple more here. Uh, soon, but yeah, any one of the 12 you can go to. It's only those 12. Like if you go to Ohio, you wouldn't be. So I travel all over and I have found that every place I go and I say, Hey, I'm a member of the Y they're like, well, you're just here for a day layover or whatever. Yeah. Go ahead and use our facility. But do you say board member? I Cause don't. that's a difference. No, no, no. <laughs> well, you know. I, I'm in the air force. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I'm air if you start yeah. growing, oh, you're yeah, like, by ahead. the way, I'm on the board for the Y they're going to be like, yeah, okay, come on. So it's just, you just, you don't throw that out there. You just member. Yeah, so if somebody's just just give it a shot. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Y's, you know, they're very open. I mean, in general, they'll give you a pass just to come in and look at their facility. So mm -hmm. in essence, that's what you're doing. So I, I signed up for the Y and they gave me one of those key fobs with the, with the little barcode on it. Oh, and yeah. just about any Y I go up to, I just scan my barcode and hmm. they don't know how much I pay for it. They, they just take me in, Yeah. which whatever, with a little key, key thing. Nice. My, I, I'm a big proponent of the Y, but my wife is employed by them. So I, oh, nice. I have to stay out of this conversation it's probably like one of those uh i don't know what conflict you yeah conflict of interest, interest. <laughs> <laughs> you just disclosed it so you're yeah okay. you're okay the why is awesome um so if you wanted to get involved in any of the wise initiatives is there a way to do that yeah in fact there's a website i think it's called why loves org, and uh you can go in there and I mean, they, it's you, not why love vets. Why we already, we already laid that why, out for that's you. Right. Yeah, that's right. yeah, we're all lovable. Yeah. Um, you know, you can Google that too, but, but, uh, don't, yeah, Google, they, don't Google why W H Y don't do that. It's just the letter Y loves vets.org. Yeah. And, and if that doesn't work, Google should send you the right spot. Yeah. And I may have that wrong, but Google it. But, uh, but yeah, there's there, they've done, they could just slap vets and try to raise money on the back of veterans. But they didn't do that. I mean, they have worked in the trenches for a couple of years trying to figure out exactly how to serve the veteran population. And, and it's beautiful to watch or else I wouldn't be a part of it. So, yeah, I remember when they first started talking about this, my uh, battalion commander, Colonel Mabus, was part of the initial discussion and they had some of the, um, uh, you know, different physical activity things and they were talking about what's going to work and what's not and one of our lieutenants actually worked at the pike y and he kind of kept me informed yeah. of the things that were going on partially because he was trying to like poach my wife from <laughs> jordan to pike <laughs> but um yeah the, at, as this has grown it was very obvious that it wasn't hey we're going to put vets on it so people think we're doing something awesome like it was a very targeted we're doing this because it's the right thing to do um and I think that the initiative is awesome. I can't wait for that new facility to open. And Governor Holcomb is a Pike High School graduate. And he's uh, in their whole thing. He's a veteran. That's exactly right. So yeah, uh, he's a he's a big proponent. And even 
What, what branch again? Uh, we can go ask him. He's right out there. It's Navy. Navy. Yeah. Hey, uh, for everybody, it's uh, it is whylovesvets.org. Thank you. So we'll put it in the show notes as well. So, well, before we do a couple plugs, I want to thank you guys for coming on, Ted. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Absolutely. I really, if that, if one person's listening, yeah. that goes and gets help from this, I think that, I mean, that's an amazing uh, ROI. Sure. Um, and I really, I know that that's not you know this isn't the easiest thing to talk about this can be sometimes we don't want to talk about it but really appreciate you being willing to do that scott thanks for coming and telling us all about how easy the air force was (laughs) i was gonna tell you you know it's hard for me to fly in an airplane when another person's driving it just like oh i bet yeah i just wanted to yeah did you guys turn into an air force (laughs) recruitment that's cool. Right. Yeah. Just like Top Gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're all talking about that. Sounds uh, like yeah. it might have been a little bit easier than Yeah, how <laughs> terrible the Navy was and how dumb the well, Army being, is. And being a pilot Force. for FedEx, have yeah. you met Wilson? No, but there were many times over the Pacific Ocean where we have a button that says the nearest airport and it's like two hours away. Uh, that I got a little antsy, but uh, you, they didn't have like a joke where the map where Tom Hanks a, was. It's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a button that says nearest airport. Yeah, oh. Absolutely. Oh goodness. So they really do fly themselves. Well, you yeah, just hit pretty the- much. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't do anything. Which actually, if you interview me in about ten years, that might actually be true. <laughs> so we got a couple of thanks again, guys. Yeah. We got a couple of events we want to talk about. I know we have Governor Holcomb's event. We'll cover that first, Doug. Uh, Senator Donnelly. Senator Donnelly, so, sorry. So uh, Senator Donnelly will host an event on March 29th uh, at Plainfield High School just outside of Indianapolis uh, to honor and welcome home our Hoosier Vietnam veteran, uh, veterans. So um, all Hoosier Vietnam War veterans who served on active duty in the U.S. Armed Forces uh, between 1955 and 1975, regardless of duty location, and their families are invited to attend this event. Um, so uh, please, if you know a Vietnam vet uh, or a family of a Vietnam vet, please invite and encourage them uh, to come. Uh, the event will kick off with a Veterans Resource Fair at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, and that's going to give veterans and their families the opportunity to learn more about the kinds of services that veteran-focused agencies and organizations have to offer. And then the event honoring our Hoosier Vietnam veterans will begin at 7 p.m., uh, so this is some quick recap one more time yeah. where's it at it is at plainfield high plainfield school Plainfield High School. 7 p.m seven uh 6 p.m if you want to get to the resource fair uh and that's march 29th march 29th 6 p.m plainfield high school yeah and then we go we go ahead i have one plug that's not about what we were talking about go but, ahead uh we are trying to get legislation passed to allow veterans to use their gi bill to start or buy into a business it's the VET Act of 2015, and I'll try to put some stuff on the website to contact your congressmen or senators because uh, there's a lot of folks out there. 65% of veterans do not use their GI Bill benefit, and this is a program that I think would benefit a lot of folks, especially bringing in entrepreneurial uh, vets to Indianapolis to incubate their ideas. Absolutely. So. Which is a great transition into Tech Warriors. We will nice. try to get the vet w- the that act on the show notes if we can. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, and then... Tech Warriors, just talked to Danielle earlier tonight. Sounds like it might move up a little bit, so the date is not set in stone anymore. Okay. Um, but that's coming up either late February or early March. Um, and I hear there's going to be a pretty sweet speaker. Yeah, some guy Blaine Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> He's an do army we, guy, I think. <laughs> do we know who else? How much did he pay to get on that yeah. day? <laughs> is anyone else coming to make me look better? 
Uh, is that possible? I, I, I don't know. It's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, basically at that event, it's the same thing. You know, we, we want um, someone from the veterans community. We want someone from the civilian community. Uh, and then maybe someone in the transitioning you know, side to come speak at the event. And it's, again, uh, two, two sides of it. One is the technology uh, industry here in Indianapolis doesn't have a big overlap with the veteran community, and it really needs to. Uh, I mean, it's the perfect opportunity, especially um, you know, especially for, you know, if you're a vet with PTS and you're in treatment, getting a tech job is pretty damn good because <laughs> you could sit there in the hospital you know, in the, in the waiting room at, you know, where you're getting therapy or whatever and sit there and work, you mm -hmm. know? So it's one of those things that personally, I just feel like, holy crap, why, why don't we have veterans working all over Indy? Because most people are, you know, working from home, working from a co-working spot, like the speakeasy or anything. And, uh, and it would be, a and, and I think the tech leaders in this uh, city, once they get a sniff of what a veteran works like, they're going to be on this and and be recruiting a lot heavier than they already are and yeah. there's some some organizations like salesforce that have vet force and stuff like that but uh you don't hear a lot about it you know from within yeah so hopefully by next next episode we'll have a date on that yeah um we were shooting for march but it sounds like it might move up a week due okay. to some media requirements so yeah and keep in mind the speakeasy too is always open to to, to veterans they have a, a steeply discounted it's only 25 bucks a month yeah 25 bucks a month and you can use any of the facilities 21 bucks a month if you buy a year membership for 250. There oh you there go. you go yeah there you go with free beer <laughs> yeah and, and free know. coffee so and yeah free coffee. and free coffee yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be so. worth it for one one afternoon for me <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for joining us this week. I've uh, got a couple of episodes coming up that I'm pretty excited about. One covering GI Bill changes a little bit and um, some other stuff coming in the works. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, Doing exciting ex news on GI Bill. Exciting. Coming, yeah, coming, I don't want to tease up. it too much. Yeah. And I got one thing. Doug, yep. Doug owes me 20 bucks for getting through a podcast without you talking about the Army-Navy game. Ooh. Yeah, you just lost it. <laughs> he didn't talk about it. It's I almost, I almost, I was going to ask if you guys had a bet for the Air Force Navy game, and then I was like, nobody cares about nobody the Air Force cares. Navy yeah, game because they always win. Yeah. <laughs> so I did hear that uh, during the government shutdown, all the Air Force academies had to cancel all their sporting events they that did. weekend, which yeah. is crazy. They did, but they we're not here to bash to anyone. Shuttlecock, badminton. <laughs> <laughs> Basket weaving. Man. I wish you could see my face just now. You came in the shuttlecock. Awesome. Join us next week. Uh, do you want to tell everybody how they can get a hold of us? Yeah, uh, veterancast.com, and there's a contact form there. Uh, you know, we're, we're intrigued, especially if you're a veterans organization here in town. Uh, we want to know who you are, why people should join you. And, uh, and so get a hold of us, and, and we'll absolutely do a show on you. Yeah, we'd love to have you on. Any other podcast, if you want to do a uh, uh, split episode, we'll have to do that too. Thanks, everybody. Please visit VeteranCast.com for additional information. Subscribe to our podcast, and we'd also appreciate a review. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>